0: Welcome to another episode of the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. Today, we're bringing you a pretty special episode. Uh, We're joined by a guest who is going to remain anonymous uh, over this episode. Uh, He's here to tell his story of his experience of erectile dysfunction, uh, some of the things that he has tried. We're going to learn about his uh, personal story. I will be asking some questions to him to help clarify. Now, just a little bit of background. Um, I have not spent um, very much time other than a basic introduction meeting this person. Um, So this is pretty um, raw um, for both he and I. Um, Hopefully, this episode can give our listeners a little bit of an insight towards uh, how a sex therapist may structure and think about um, approaching and helping um, men who are struggling with uh, erectile dysfunction among other sexual dysfunction. So uh, without further ado, I'm gonna turn it over to um, our uh, guest to tell us just a little bit about his story um, and we'll get into things from there. So thank you very much for joining us thanks
1: very much, Mark. Thanks for having me on. I've been uh, listening to your podcast because of uh, some of these things that have been going on with with my life, relatively recent changes, so I'm happy to be on here and thanks for the opportunity to to uh, participate because I think you're providing a really important service and providing a, a lot of content that's been really helpful to a lot of people, especially myself. So a little bit about myself, and I'll tell you my story. So I'm fifty five years old. I'm a professional um highly educated um, I'm very physically fit I work out almost every day very low body fat and um, very good health and basically what my story boils down to is um I got out of a relationship a few of of a few years about in last December and in that relationship uh, we had an extremely healthy sexual relationship it was a very um very intense really good sex if you might say very frequent sex i had no problem in the act i felt very manly so to speak and um everything was pretty much you know peachy and hunky-dory but uh long story made short um it wasn't uh, it wasn't really a relationship that was going to work out with me um because i didn't i never fell in love with her and it was this wasn't one of those kinds of relationships and so we broke it off and and that was that Fast forward to now, um, and this was so I met my new girlfriend about three months ago, and it was one of those kind of Hollywood movie moments when when you meet you just hit it off and you feel chemistry and we felt this really incredible connection and it turns out we live very close to each other and all these interesting coincidences we're at the same places in our life in terms of parenting and all that good stuff um, and. Basically, we um, we hit it off and we developed feelings for each other very quickly. Fell in love. I'm totally crazy about her. She's crazy about me. And um, ended up in a situation where, when it was time to, to become intimate, uh, I had problems where I was having difficulty achieving an erection. And uh, and then when I did, I would have difficulties difficulty maintaining it. Wa- maintaining it once. We started having penetrative sex, which was really crazy and very difficult for me to deal with because of my past, you know, high performance and my very high confidence in my ability that way sexually, uh, and also especially since she's extremely attractive and she checks all the boxes in terms of all the things that uh, turn me on from a physical perspective, and um, that's that's basically where what my story is all about is is going from Going from so-called stud, in my opinion, um, and also from what my previous girlfriend had, used to always tell me, to now in a situation where I'm in a completely opposite situation. So it's been very, it's been very kind of frustrating. The good news is she's been very supportive, and she, she's she's very good communicator. And I've basically told her what's going on, and um, I I think it's an issue with performance anxiety, which I've never really had before. Um, And it's been kind of a journey to to move past this and, uh, you know, and have our our sexual relationship develop. And things have been getting better with each experience, but I'm just not quite there yet.
0: Okay, so so one is I appreciate just the the level of detail that you're providing. Is it okay if I ask some questions that may seem um, basic or intuitive to you? Um, Certainly after listening to some of our podcasts, but I want to just make sure that we're covering our bases here so that our listeners understand some of the things that go into, um, you know, an assessment and making sure that we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's.
1: Absolutely. Go ahead.
0: Okay. So, so uh, during this three month period, it's a a new relationship. and, And what you're describing is that it's a really, really checking off all the boxes in terms of what you're looking for. Um, and you've got you know very strong feelings toward her. It sounds like she has strong feelings toward you. Now in that time period, did you seek any medical help? Have you spoken with a medical doctor, um, for a physiological assessment?
1: Um, no, I have not, but I do have an appointment in a week or so to see a urologist to get checked up. Um, in any case, but honestly, I, I don't, I don't believe there's anything physically wrong with me, but that's for the doctor to assess.
0: Okay. And that's, that's very often is the case uh, that there isn't necessarily a physiological or a medical issue uh, going on, but because, you know, the complexity of um, sexual function is a crossroads between the mind and the body. um, We definitely want to make sure that that is a part of a thorough assessment to make sure that there isn't any underlying uh, conditions. Now, it sounds like what you're describing is that this only emerged in this newer relationship. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Is there any history of any other um, sexual challenges or sexual function challenges that would include premature ejaculation, other recurrences of erectile dysfunction, delayed ejaculation, low desire, anything like that in your history?
1: So, yes, that's, that's a great question. Uh, I did have an issue um, with my wife, so this is kind of a, a side story. I don't know how it how it also falls into the equation. I was married for 23 years. Um, I was married for 23 years, and towards the end of that, the last seven or eight years, things things went downhill. Um, my wife developed an alcoholism problem. We had all kinds of problems in the relationship. I ended up taking an SSRI, which had some pretty severe sexual side effects. And so I tried to counterbalance that with, um, with, uh, five inhibitors, you know, Viagra and that worked. but unfortunately I ended up in a situation where I would have delayed ejaculation, which was also frustrating. So yes, I've, I've gone through that. Um, I've gone through some of these erectile dysfunction, dysfunction issues in the past. Um, this was primarily because of a difficult relationship and she eventually uh, ended up taking her life, which created a whole new other set of problems for me and made me uh, sort of emotionally unavailable for some time. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I started with my previous girlfriend, I was still on the SSRI and I had to get off of that in order to be able to perform and, uh, you know, be able to complete sex successfully. And that that actually took some time to get off the SSRI, which, which took some time and was pretty unpleasant. Okay. So, so
0: Obviously, um, you know what you're sharing. You know, for the benefit of our listeners, also, you know, carries tremendous emotional weight. Just in, in terms of, uh, you know, losing a partner um, who takes, you know, takes their own life. Uh, no doubt, there's a tremendous emotional toll. Um, so I don't, I don't want to just skim over that. And I think it's just important to recognize that that this is beyond just an assessment. That you are a human being with, with a You know, complex emotional world like everybody else. Um, Staying on our topic, though, so you're saying there have been Mm -hmm. other occurrences of ED, both, it sounds like medically induced that you balanced out, medicinally induced, I should say, that you balanced out with a PDE 5 inhibitor, led to other challenges, though, you know, delayed ejaculation, which is common or relatively common with an SSRI. But without uh, the medication, it sounds like there were other occurrences of ED stemming from relationship challenges. Is that correct?
1: um correct yes okay
0: during during that time and um or currently, were you able to gain and maintain an erection on your own
1: uh yes, that's never been a problem yeah, and so that's 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 why I was saying I don't suspect anything is physically wrong with me- matter of fact if i if I fast forward to my most recent encounter with with my new girlfriend, I was able to relax a lot more. And there was a lot of being able to get erection was not a problem. Keeping it for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. And then for whatever reason it would subside and it would be a lot of stop, a lot of stop and start. And what was frustrating is, well, first of all, she had no problem with it because she, she pointed out that we've been going at it for two hours, stop and start. So she was perfectly fine with it. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think about that and look at the clock, but, um, so I guess that made me happy in a certain way, but, I was frustrated because even though I get super close, I could not complete. So just recently, I was dealing with this delayed ejaculation, which, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I'm just hoping that maybe relaxing and over the next few times we get together, that will resolve itself. But I don't know.
0: Okay, and like like you said, this may be stemming from a you know, performance anxiety, which can impact both um uh, gaining, ma- gaining, and maintaining an erection and ejaculation. Um, so that that is, you know, certainly a, a possibility here. Now, this is happening like really currently for the first time, like over a three month period. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So this the last the last time we we um, had, were in a, a sexual situation was just this a few days ago, actually was the first time we had this stop-start with a delayed delayed ejaculation problem. Whereas previously, I would either initially not be able to get an erection at all, or I would be able to get one, and then I would lose it, and that would be it. I I couldn't get it back again. So it feels like I'm making progress and just not quite there yet.
0: Okay. So, I mean, if if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like it has gone from not being able to gain to being able to gain and struggling to maintain, to a stop-start kind of situation, but not culminating in ejaculation.
1: Is that correct? Exactly. That's exactly correct.
0: Okay. Now, I also recognize that that uh, your, your current partner may listen to uh, this episode at some point, so I want to be sensitive about the questions that I ask. And again, uh, the details are not, I think, overly important um, for our listeners to understand, but I want to be curious if there's any Um, nerves that you're experiencing with this relationship, perhaps stemming from the significance that it is carrying for you, Um, the way you've described um, how you feel toward her, the high levels of attraction, checking all the boxes. It sounds like this relationship is delivering something for you that you have not quite experienced, at least in a while, uh, perhaps um, at any point. Do you have a sense of feeling nervous a pressure to perform, not wanting to lose her as a partner.
1: Um uh, yeah, I'll, all of the above. This this is a very unique situation for me. And I I, I haven't felt this this kind of passion and closeness in, in a very, very long time. Um I think this is the first time I've fallen in love with someone before we've actually had a very active sex life so that kind of puts my head in a different space and it definitely puts some, I think it definitely puts some, makes me put additional pressure on, on myself. Um, I, I know realistically that she's not going to quote unquote, leave me over this. We've, we've discussed it. She, she basically tells me I'm not worried about it. You're the only one that's worrying about it, that kind of a thing. But you know, deep inside that there's, there's always a concern that when you, when you have someone and you don't want to lose someone and you want to do everything in your power to, uh, to prevent that.
0: Okay. So it sounds like she's very supportive. Um, she's saying all the right things and it's not uncommon that, um, even when a partner is very supportive, a man can still, um, struggle like internally, like with your own paradigm, just, just, not really sure if it really is okay does she really mean this or are you going to lose her or lose the relationship or is she going to be disappointed and it sounds like there's a little bit more of that internal individual process happening for you does that sound accurate
1: yeah that's accurate because i i understand i've been around long enough i've i've had enough experiences to to know that nothing in life is guaranteed and nothing is absolute so i don't i don't take anything as 100% guaranteed there's always a chance that you know something could happen now the the other thing i want to mention that you that you had touched on about checking all the boxes this is kind of feels like a paradox to me but um i find her extremely attractive and there there are times when we're having sex i'm i'm a little intimidated by how how hot she is i'm like oh my god i can't believe that i can't believe that she's my girlfriend and that we're doing this and it's it's kind of odd that <laughs> she is so gorgeous and so good looking and checks all my boxes it sometimes that makes me feel a little bit intimidated and I've never felt that way before with anyone in my life
0: and i appreciate you you calling it a paradox because um being so attracted to somebody the uh, our intuition would tell us that that should be delivering high levels of stimulation and you know, to a certain extent it probably is, but at the same time, like you're kind of up in your head a little bit questioning, like, is this real? Am I missing something? Does she really want to be here with me? Kind of feel like she's out of my league to a certain extent, or I can't believe this is happening to me, um, yep. which, which does kind of distract and take you away from that pleasure.
1: That's absolutely right. And that's, that's exactly what's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. And, and, okay. and that's the thing I, I try not to do is, is if she, she, in the short time that we've been together, she's she's she knows me pretty well. She can tell. She can look at me and say, oh, I can see you're getting in your head. Get out of your head. So she can see my the wheels spinning sometimes. And that's my biggest challenge is relaxing and stopping the wheels from spinning and just enjoying the moment and not thinking about those things.
0: So here here's where I'd want to be curious. And I'm not going to go um, into this right now, but I want to be curious about um, any other historical experiences, not necessarily sexual, but perhaps um, um, uh, with um, other female partners or female interests, where um, you kind of questioned uh, your position in that relationship or if you were worthy, um, or like experiences of intimidation. Because I'd be curious where else that might be linked, um, you know, in your in your paradigm. Because there is something very paradoxical about. Um, landing in the dream relationship, um, feeling really excited, really happy about it, uh, but also not being sure if this could really be uh, something that you're worthy of or feeling intimidated by your partner. So that would be one of the areas that I think would be worthwhile to take a closer look at. Of course, I'm not going to open mm-hmm. that up for you.
1: Yeah. So just briefly, I would say, I I, I think my first, my very first long-term relationship when I was in college a long, long time ago. I, I have felt that with my first girlfriend, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, it, it didn't end up, it didn't result in what I'm dealing with right now. It, I, I guess I, um, I had some of those feelings, but I got over them pretty quickly.
0: Okay. And again, it's something, I, yeah. Part, 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 one I, of mm-hmm. the, one, one of the complexities that, you know, we talk about is, um, as men age, they do kind of lose some of that biological, um, you know, I call it a biological jetpack that does mm-hmm. kind of, you know, diminish over time. So sometimes underlying insecurities may not uh, present themselves uh, for years or even decades because, you know, the body has a quick mechanism to kind of power through that. And then it doesn't become overly relevant. But over time um, with the aging process and also with the, with the aging brain, Um, and having, you know, history, relationship history, having been hurt in relationships and whatnot, um, that can sow deeper doubts, and you also have less of a biological boost to power through that. So um, those, um, what you're experiencing now may have some roots in earlier experiences. And again, it may be subtle in some of those earlier Mm -hmm. experiences, it may be more pronounced for other people. But again, just be an area that I would be, uh, you know, curious Mm -hmm. to ask um, more about. Along those same lines, I mean, I think it's important for our listeners to understand that we would want to have more a, a more in-depth relationship history um, with the other relationships to kind of understand if there are any specific patterns um, that have been unhelpful in the past. Um, is there anything that's making this relationship specifically intimidating? Um, I want to have a, a more thorough history for that to really have a, a better understanding. Um, now you also mentioned uh, mm-hmm. performance anxiety. Um, you you can answer this question with a yes or no if it if it uh, feels mm-hmm. too uh, too invasive or too revealing. But I want to be curious if there's any mental health history, um, if there's any predisposition to anxiety, if anxiety manifests in any other areas of your life in a significant or pronounced type of way, or if it seems to be much more acute to uh, this relationship or the sexual experience. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I did go through a period of my life with, um, the latter part of my marriage combined with an extremely stressful job where I was just way off the charts, just an anxiety basket case. It it was pretty bad for several years. Um, I've done, a, I did a lot of work to, to gather myself up and, Um, you know, deal with the loss and what happened and how it happened. And of course I I have two teenage kids and uh, helping them and worrying about them and all that. But, uh, you know, I have to say that right now I am not in a very high anxiety state in general. I'm, I'm actually right now, honestly, right now, I feel like I'm like the, the most healthy, the most physically fit and probably, among the most happy I've been in my entire life right now. I just feel like things are just really connecting and things are happening for me and life life is good. And I I just see this this episode with the ED as kind of a speed bump I got to get over.
0: Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you've had periods of more pronounced anxiety. This certainly is Absolutely. one of the times in your, in, in your life when it has been far, far lower. So another question I want to be curious about is because of the significant significance that this relationship has for you, and I think the potential that it really carries and how good you feel in it, do you think about the relationship in that same sort of intimidating way, or is this specific to the sexual side of the relationship?
1: Um, it's, it's strictly with respect to to the physical, sexual side of the relationship.
0: Now, I'd also be curious, is, is your partner um, younger than you by any significant type of way? Is there a reason that you might be intimidated beyond physical appearance um, just in terms of fear of maybe she'll find a different partner? Um, is there any, any any unique components to the relationship that would cause that gap or that perceived gap between the two of you to be more mm-hmm. pronounced?
1: Uh, she's only three years younger. And honestly, no, I, I don't, I, I I, don't actually really worry about her seeing someone else or betraying me or anything like that. It's, it, it's, it's just, it's strictly one of these Um, you know, oh, oh my gosh, she's, she, like I said, she just checks all the boxes and it's it, sometimes it's a little Sometimes the, the stimulation, the visual stimulation, because she checks all the boxes can feel a little overwhelming and I have to get out of my head.
0: Okay. You're saying that goes back to this paradox. And I, I, I would imagine that that, that is going to be um, one of the areas that you're primarily going to want to look at and to address, um, which is that, that experience of acute, I, I, I'm even hesitant to call it anxiety or worry um, mm-hmm. As much as um, just the the almost like the the pinch yourself type of thinking that's going on there of is this real is this really me is this happening it's too good to be true type of thinking yep. seems to take you outside of the experience and really puts you into a um, position where you're thinking and analyzing much more than you are experiencing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I would say that's, that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that that's the primary driver behind what I'm experiencing, but it's, it's certainly a factor.
0: Okay. And how, how would you describe the primary or what you see as the primary factor?
1: So I, yeah, I still think the, I still just think the, the the primary factor is, is being able to, to perform the way I used to the way i previously did it's really i've kind of realized that it's really all on me it's not on her she's never complained and she's happy with the skills that i do have that don't require you know an erect penis mm-hmm. um, but i i guess i have this view of how i'm supposed to perform based on how i did in the previous relationship and it was a little disconcerting to get into this new relationship and not just pick up where I left off and basically feeling like I had to start all over again.
0: Okay. And and this is a really important point that you're bringing up because it is certainly, um, you know, separate from feeling just intimidated by a partner, which Mm -hmm. is um, almost holding yourself to a previous bar and um, being somewhat, you know, mind occupied with like, well, it's not performing in the same kind of way. Why is this happening? what's going on for me. And that that certainly has much more of a performance anxiety feel. Again, it sounds yep. like what you're describing is less about the impact that it's having on your partner and much more about this isn't me or this isn't the way I was performing before. What's what's going on with me?
1: That is exactly, exactly what's going on in my head is what is wrong with me. why Why am I why am I unable to do what I was doing previously, just a few months ago? You know what, six months ago.
0: Yeah, and that, that's also an important distinction for our listeners to understand is that performance anxiety is not a one size fits all. Um, some people experience performance anxiety because of the reaction of a partner, whether it's real or perceived, they're very preoccupied with you know, what, what the impact is on a partner um reassurance sometimes can be helpful sometimes it isn't but other men are much more concerned about well this isn't me this isn't the way I was and what's mm-hmm. you know, what's what's wrong with me or what's different or am I ever going to get back to how things were before and that could be a very um mind occupying train of thought to be stuck in um and even when a partner says hey I'm I'm good uh the response generally is okay but I'm not because this is not this is not who I am. <laughs> this is not what I'm used to, and I just want that old self back. That again wasn't so long ago, right, based on what you're based on what you're sharing, and that could be troubling, and that could certainly be mind occupying.
1: You are totally exactly spot on. You are exactly where my head is. That's exactly right.
0: Okay, and and one of the things that we talk about, um, you know, both in the podcast, and I think also mentioned it um, on the e-course is the um, performance anxiety can can begin to dip into much more of like an anticipatory anxiety where over time um, it goes from something that's very, very, you know, in the moment to starting to think about it a little bit more outside of the moment. Um, And that anxiety can sort of bleed out into, well, you know, a couple hours before I'm going to see my partner, I already starting to think about it, starting to worry about it. Has that been your experience at times?
1: So yeah, so I'm I'm glad you mentioned this. Okay, so I did get your course, this is not a plug. Mark did not ask me to plug this. I'm just this is one of the reasons why I, I was, you know, listening to the podcast because I got a lot out of the course, and I so I did learn about that from the course. And yes, I did experience a little bit about a little bit of that, but. I didn't really, uh, there was a lot of stuff in the course that I hadn't thought about or didn't know before. And once I was exposed to that idea, that became less of an issue with me. One one of the things that has really helped me, Mark, from, from the course was this whole idea of asking yourself, and I've discussed this with my girlfriend, and this has really, really helped. And I think it's one of the reasons why we had such a good, a good experience the last time, was this whole idea of asking myself, and exploring and embracing what do you like and talking about it with your partner. So I actually spent some time writing down all the things that I like. What are all the things that turn me on? What are all the things that, you know, I like to do? What are all these fantasies and all this stuff? And I had a, we didn't get, have a super long talk about it, but I told my girlfriend, Hey, these are the things that turn me on. I'm going to, you know, I'm embracing these things. And so you should know. And she was actually really surprised that I would, was talking to her about this because that's not something couples usually talk about. You're supposed to be some sort of mind reader and figure it out. I'm like, you know what, from what I learned in your course, I'm there. I'm not going to force anyone to be a mind reader. I'm going to be straight ahead and say, this is what I like. And now she knows, and she's perfectly happy and willing to participate. And, you know, in those things that I like, And that was one of the things that made it a lot easier for me to relax is it's like, okay, I'm telling her these things. I don't have this anticipatory anxiety um, because she knows what I like. And I feel totally comfortable telling her the things that I like. And she's actually really happy and pleased that I'm open and trusting enough with her to tell her these kinds of things, because it's, you feel kind of vulnerable when you're expressing yourself in those ways.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously very vulnerable and, um, that communication piece can be really, really huge in, um, staving off the anticipatory anxiety and actually getting the process to kind of move in the other direction where you can kind of whittle it down to things that are very, very acute, very specific, making them a lot easier to address.
1: Well, yeah, cause now, now it's, there were a few, a few times when I was like, um, I, Oh, kind of dreading what's going to happen next time. But now it's totally turned around. It's like, okay, it's not exactly to where I was before, and that's fine. I know I'm getting there. I know this is going to. I know this is a temporary situation, but now I'm totally looking forward to the next opportunity we have. Um, So, and I and your course helped me to get my head there. I don't think I'd be there if I hadn't really thought about uh, all those all those things that I learned.
0: Well, I mean, I really, really, I do appreciate the plug, even though I know that was not intentional, um, and no. sort of, you know, that was something that we did not even discuss prior to uh, no. you know, doing, doing this episode together. Um, and and you know, even in this in this um, conversation that you and I are having, as you're you know fully aware, if you've, you've been through the whole course, um, we can't even cover all the components in this conversation that are covered in the course. Um, right. There's just so many pieces and so many factors, but it sounds like getting a little bit more focus on the things that do work for you and pleasure has also been very helpful. I think like you shared at the beginning of this of this uh conversation, things have been progressively like improving and getting better for you, which is certainly you know the direction that we want to see things going in. Um so it sounds like that you're you're really starting to do some of that work and starting to gain some momentum in the opposite direction. Is that how you've been feeling about
1: this? Yes, yeah, totally. I'm I'm super, super happy that things are moving in the right direction. I mean, obviously I'd I'd like to be back, back in the saddle, so to speak, where I was performing the way I was before, but you know, that's, that's not reality. And I know, I know I'll get there. I'm just, I'm just happy that it's moving in that direction rather than um, going in the other direction, which would be devastating.
0: Yeah. So I'm really glad to hear about that. And I know that we could talk, you know, far longer um, about the details because this is so complex but I greatly appreciate you coming on to this episode and you know sharing elements of your experience I think it's really going to help our listeners understand just how complex um understanding these factors are and how challenging it can be to really get there but once you do and once you begin to implement some of these things the direction of things like erectile dysfunction, other sexual function challenges really can turn around. So I, I appreciate you coming on, being vulnerable about your story. And I think our listeners are really going to benefit
1: from this. Well, cool. Well, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know there is a huge mental component that goes into achieving an erection. Mark Goldberg, the certified sex therapist who hosts this podcast, felt as though this was a very underserved topic of education in men's health. That's why he designed Beyond the Little Blue Pill, The Thinking Man's Guide to Addressing ED. The course is designed to educate and fundamentally help you change the way you think about erections. Check it out at erectioniq.com front slash course. You can explore three modules of this course completely free. See if there's something in there that can help you. erectioniq.com slash course and you can learn more there. Thanks for listening to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. For more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction, please visit erectioniq.com.